Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. This is show number 133, released on January 27th, 2016, our first podcast for the new year. Welcome, 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 and welcome to my co-host, Scotty V. Hello, Steve O, and Happy New Year. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Uh, and as I should say at the top of the show, we are sponsored again by our good friend Patrick O'Neill. So thank you, Patrick, for your continued support into 2016, and uh, let's hope it's a good year. Thank you, Patrick. Um, I got a email from Outback Steakhouse today that <laughs> right. said, come in and celebrate Australia Day with us. Now, uh, that sounds inaccurate to me. Why is that? Well, no, it's not because January 26th is Australia Day. Uh, we celebrate that uh, on the 26th of January. So uh, that for you is um, today as we're recording this. So, um, okay. yeah. It's, so it's, I remember it was yesterday for Steve because we were going to record. We normally would have recorded yesterday. Right. But uh, we, we pushed it back. And if you guys are confused because you're going to be listening to this like later in the week, I, I tell you honestly, it is the 26th right now while I, as I bring this up. <laughs> Happy Australia Day, Steve. A uh, day late. Oh, thank you very much. And uh, The Americans were always a day behind on you. <laughs> well, that's going to be very exciting when Batman v Superman comes out because it gets released here on March 24th, which uh, with the time difference and everything will be uh, quite a few hours ahead of you guys. That's very strange because I think you got Supergirl later. I think you used to get Smallville later. Yeah, and I think TV we X-Files, get later. You were just at an X-Files thing. It doesn't come till next week, but yep. we already have the first two episodes already. Yeah. So uh, uh, some things we're behind, some things we're ahead. Uh, it's, it's Well, the important thing is on the calendar, you're always ahead. <laughs> That's right. So uh, it is uh, January 27th. Even if you got it on the 25th, <laughs> you would get it the day before us because you're a day early anyway. That's right, just because of the time zone differences. But uh, let's not confuse our listeners any more than they are already right. are. Uh, let's get into our discussion topics, and we've yeah, got a I lot. I can hear people tuning out by <laughs> the <second>. right. <laughs> now, well, there's a crazy amount of uh, oh, yes. like by every second. There's like a TV spot, a new trailer, a new commercial and new there's a turkish airlines thing there's all kinds of stuff going on right now yeah with batman v superman it's really heating up and it's with that you know being a couple of holiday days there for me this weekend and long weekend that it's just been crazy that i've just been you know every now and then just quickly jump into the computer to put something up that's you know broken and you know something that needs to be put up and breaking news all the time and uh we start off with as you said tv spots and posters being released for Batman v Superman. There were TV spots that were um, released that were either concentrating on Superman or concentrating on Batman. There were uh, some that were... One that was narrated by Jeff Johns, which was in conjunction with that uh, special that they had on the CW, uh, the uh, Dawn of the Justice League, it was called, DC Films. And uh, it's all happening. A poster, uh, two posters... Uh, one for Batman, one for Super. Or oh, actually, there was one with Superman and Batman on either side looking at each other. And they're saying this is the final poster. So uh, it's it's all happening. It's incredible. I mean, uh, I thought it was a you know uh, a few weeks ago, Zack Snyder showed the first Batman Superman clip on Conan. We talked about it a little mm-hmm. bit. I thought uh, last. Uh, thing or maybe we didn't maybe i just talked about it in great scott i get confused with all the stuff (laughs) that we talk about all the time but uh you know he shows it on on conan and at that time i thought man it just seems really early it's barely january and then 
And then right after that, in almost quick succession, every couple of days, there's been a new one. Uh, you know, I've seen people post them going, uh, Batman v Superman spot number eight. I don't think there's been eight, <laughs> but it just seems like there's a lot and they keep coming. And now, as you say, most recently they did the the one that was focused on Batman's point of view and the one that was focused on Superman's point of view. And then we had the whole, did he kick the car? Did the car bounce off him? Did the insurance cover it? We don't know. But uh, it certainly does look like – and I I was uh, adamant because I thought when they first released that first TV clip, it was after the Conan one where uh, where he tears Batman's mask off in the nightmare sequence. Mm. They released that one where it looked to me like Batman was trying to ram him and Superman just stood there and it bounced off him. But uh, people were immediately saying, why does he kick his car? That doesn't seem right. Um, but uh, I argue that he didn't kick his car, but it is now clear to me that he does do something with his foot to the bottom of the car, which is probably kicking. <laughs> yes, or, or it's deflecting. Uh, either way, it's uh, it's it's a, a interesting clip, and uh, the more we see, uh, the more excited I get. Um, there's you know there's clips with uh, different things happening in each one. Uh, we see dialogue that we weren't sure where it fits in. You know that whole. Do you bleed? Stuff was obviously part of that uh, that clip that you're talking about, where um, Superman tells Batman, you know, if they light up your your bat signal, uh, don't go to it. That the bat is dead. Uh, consider this mercy. And as it's about to fly off, Batman asks him, uh, "Tell me, do you bleed?" And you will, and all that kind of stuff. So we kind of know all the where that dialogue fits in. But it's all very exciting. It's all happening so quickly. There all seems to be so much happening, and we are now under less than two months away from the release of the movie. Uh, end of January, so we've got February and then end of March, and it's here. So um, it's it's all upon us. And as you say, uh, Zack Snyder showed that clip on Conan. Um, and then we had that DC Films Presents Dawn of the Justice League special, which showed uh, a number of things. Uh, we had Kevin Smith and Jeff Johns uh, um, hosting the show, and they showed clips from uh, you know the Wonder Woman film. They talked about uh, the Green Lantern Corps, the uh, the Flash, how it's going to be different, although it sounds exactly the same as a TV show. <laughs> um, Aquaman, Cyborg, um, and of it's course... It's funny, I did hear, I do remember, like, I wanted to address this because I heard people say that, and then when I watched the Dawn of Justice special, I was looking for it, waiting for it, and Jeff Johns doesn't say the word different. He does not say, you know, he doesn't make a big deal about it being a completely different version or anything. He just says TV is TV and, and the movie's going to be its thing. And, uh, and so, the, but the, the, obviously the description he gives sounds exactly like what the TV series is, but he doesn't, he doesn't really differentiate that they're going to be different in terms of story or what they are just in that, as we already know, uh, the TV mo- and movie universes are separate. So right. one thing is one thing and the other is the other thing. But yeah. Uh, I, I have seen a, uh, a recent clip of um, – I think it was on Twitter of uh, Ezra – is it Ezra Miller who's yes. playing The Flash? Is that his name? And he does look much closer to what someone might think of as The Flash than what he did when they announced him and all the pictures that were going around because that's the pictures people had. Not that this is a Superman information but uh, just a little more added you know, positivity for people. I don't think it's going to be as crazy as you might think. No, 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 and uh, so we're all excited for all the DC films, that, uh, which obviously started off with Man of Steel, then get launched into with Batman v Superman, and then obviously Justice League beyond that. So we're uh, very excited for everything that's coming up. That uh, special DC films, The Dawn of the Justice League, was, uh, was quite good, and they showed a lot of clips online. Uh, it is available for you to check out if you're interested in seeing all the different parts. 
Uh, and uh, looking forward to everything. The Wonder Woman film looks spectacular. I liked uh, some of the footage that I saw from that too. So we move on to uh, some artwork that we saw from that CW special, which was a, I guess, a promo artwork, an artist, artistic impression of the Justice League characters. And it was good to see that Superman was front and center in that particular image. Yeah, I'm loving this promo artwork. I, 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 it's, it's again, it's more just more stuff that just keeps flying at us, and it all looks really great. You know, I think they're representing the Trinity and the way they fit together really well. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited. The Dawn of Justice uh, special was good. I, in a way, I kind of, I feel like Suicide Squad is the Deadpool of, uh, of the DC movies that's coming up. So, right, yeah. Uh, and from my point of view, Deadpool looks horrendous. And and so I don't know the Suicide Squad looks horrendous, but it just it really doesn't seem like my cup of tea. Uh, so I was a little disappointed with the special because it seemed to me that most of it was concentrated on Suicide Squad. And that could be because they don't want to reveal much more with Batman v Superman, although they did talk about each character separately. We saw some Wonder Woman footage. That was cool. Um, but uh, not a lot from Dawn of Justice because uh, they're they're showing stuff in TV spots and they've got trailers and they probably don't have too much more they want to show before the movie comes out. Uh, but it was a nice special. It was exciting. I'm not sure about Suicide Squad, though. But, yeah, the artwork looks great. Um, I, I like how uh, it seems to me in a lot of cases – Superman is front and center, which is uh, surprising to me because it didn't seem like that's the way they were going to go. Mm, no, exactly. So uh, that's uh, what's happened with the Justice League movie in that special. So, uh, But we've also seen new posters, as I mentioned, for Batman v Superman. There's even a couple of billboards out, especially one that I've seen prominently uh, photographs of in New York City. Uh, I've seen it both um, with snow and without snow because obviously there's been a, quite a bit of a snowstorm. Uh, yeah, they got hit pretty hard, I guess. Um, uh, and uh, that poster has been up uh, now for several weeks. Mm-hmm. And it's it's it's. Uh, I've seen people put it side by side with the Will Smith movie from a few years ago, <laughs> which right. is pretty neat because we it's almost the same kind of idea, same symbol, Batman, Superman together. And uh, it's it's interesting how uh, that fictional, uh, although at the time I guess it was something they were thinking about doing, but mm. uh, I'm not really sure how all that went by the wayside and, and now, but years later, here we are anyway. Yeah, and uh, so it's uh, interesting how uh, art um, and life, you know, there's there's that uh, juxtaposition. Imitates life. Yeah, art imitates life, which imitates art, but uh, uh. it goes back and forth, so that billboard's up, and I think there's another one in LA somewhere, but uh, we'll see more of those as the movie gets closer, and I've seen, obviously, there are movie posters all across different theatres and cinemas around the world, um, and uh, looking forward to more of that as the next two months progresses. But uh, very exciting times. Uh, we've seen uh, there's a new premiere, um, sorry, Empire magazine um, cover artwork. There's one of Batman, one of Superman that's out. There's also a Jim Lee uh, art cover, which is just for the subscribers of that magazine. Um, and there's obviously a detailed... Uh, article uh, inside that magazine, which uh, has featured lots of interviews with uh, the actors. Um, we've got uh, images and photos that we've never seen before. Uh, one that kind of blew up the internet uh, in some way was the uh, Batman, I guess, in that nightmare sequence, staring across a, a real barren landscape, uh, which with what appears to be an Omega symbol 
uh, etched into the the sand or the desert or whatever in front of him, the dirt in front of him, which uh, has led to a lot of speculation about Dark Side and those winged creatures that we saw in that sequence in the footage apparently are parademons. So whether or not that's something that's kind of hinting towards the Justice League movie, whether it's something that Batman's just getting a vision of, I don't know what it is, but it does seem to hint towards Darkseid. Yes, it's strange. Um, well, I guess not strange. It's it kind of been rumored or thought or guessed at that that was what we were seeing in that dream sequence. Uh, people ask me, what am I giving a spoiler away? How could that be? A, how do we know that's a dream sequence? I mean, there were a number of hints to me that told us it was, but now at this point, they've said it is. So it's a nightmare sequence that Batman's having. It makes sense given his state of mind. He's afraid of Superman. He's afraid of what it might mean if Superman's allowed to go unchecked. It's all in the description of the movie that, that that's why, you know, people say, why would Batman want to? What is he, an idiot? Uh, Batman's not supposed to be emotional. Batman's supposed to be calculated and strategic. He would never act that way. Well, maybe he would, maybe he wouldn't. But in this case, that's the story and that's in the description. So in this nightmare sequence, we saw earlier before this Omega symbol, we saw the uh, uh, parademons. It was clear to me when we saw it the first time that they were flying creatures that were attacking everyone. So uh, unless there was another explanation as to why he was being attacked by flying creatures, that seems to point to dark side. And now we've seen this image with that symbol. And therefore, I guess I'm not really sure how or why Batman would know about dark side or be having a dream where, uh, unless someone's influencing his mind somehow and putting it in there. But I, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know exactly what that means, but you were talking about the, uh, the empire magazine. And that's another case where I was surprised to see that the Superman cover is one of two and the Batman cover is two of two. I, I honestly and, – and you know this might sound nitpicky or crazy or that I overanalyze or that I'm overthinking things. But based on what I've seen the last 20 years or so and even with the campaign for this movie and the whole idea, the whole premise of this movie up to this point that it's more a Batman origin and there's very little Superman in the beginning. But then it kind of evens out toward the middle. I really expected Batman to be number one of two, Superman to be two of two. And now the Jim Lee art, although I'm not convinced we're not going to get a second one where Batman is winning. But on the Jim Lee art, we see a Superman that looks triumphant over Batman, which is another thing that surprised me that that's the way they decided to go. Mm. So uh, all very interesting. Uh, great to see Superman front and center and a lot of the stuff that we are getting for Batman v Superman. And uh, we also have uh, the soundtrack for this movie available now to pre-order. And they even gave us a sample of one of the tracks and from Hans Zimmer and Junkie XL uh, combined uh, their talents to do this soundtrack. And the, uh, the, the sample that we did get uh, is very reminiscent of Man of Steel. It kind of seems like a... Um, uh, it's inspired by that, but it's almost, you know, an advancement of that as well. So, like, you know, there's 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 similar themes in it, but it seems to have grown and and evolved from Man of Steel. Very cool. I mean, I like that. I've heard the uh, soundtrack. You know, they use the soundtrack a lot during the Dawn of Justice special mm -hmm. from Man of Steel, uh, and I, I assume that that was all Man of Steel music that they were using. But uh, it's it's interesting. I guess that was the only music they really had available to them. But I again like the idea that they're using that music, and uh, just more Man of Steel and more Superman. So that's that's good. Yeah, and uh, you are available. The the artwork looks really good. There's uh, a vinyl version. Uh, of uh, the soundtrack, three um, three discs, 
Uh, also CD, obviously, as well, and available for download as well from iTunes and all that kind of stuff. So check the Superman homepage for those links to get the soundtrack to Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. And we also saw in theatre concession items uh, released a, a whole gallery of the kind of the cup holders, the you know the cu- the tops, the uh, little swirl um, uh, straw cups, uh, the popcorn holders, all those kind of things that you'd be able to get in the theatre when you go to buy your popcorn, your drink, your candy, whatever it might be that you're going to be getting uh, when you're going in to see the movie. Or if like me, you don't like to eat at all because you hate the noise that people create when they're watching the movie eating their food then you can get on the way out maybe but uh, it all looks very cool and there was a particular image that was very dynamic of Superman and Batman you know in Superman's in mid-flight and he's about to you know throw down a punch on Batman who's you know up looking up towards Superman very reminiscent of comic book artwork that I've seen as well yeah these things are exciting I mean I'm really interested to see what we're going to get because I feel like there must have been more Star Wars stuff when Star Wars came out, but we only got one cup with uh, Phasma on it, and uh, that doesn't even seem like a good character to put on a cup like uh, that anybody would care about uh, yet because we haven't seen much about that right. character. But here with this movie, it seems like there's 20, 30 different images, different items, different cups, straws, all that stuff you mentioned. I just can't imagine. I've never seen my local theaters have anything like that. So I don't know that we're going to get all that here. Maybe that's a more a bigger market type of a thing. But I, but I, whatever we get here, I hope it's great. I mean, I'd like to get all of that. Although uh, there's so much merchandise even already. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> uh, we were talking about this before uh, the, the, the holiday season. And I was saying it seems to me that they missed a big opportunity to make a lot of money on kids. And parents will have to buy for kids because they weren't releasing this stuff. And and your comeback to that was, I guess, the movie's too far away and they're waiting. But it seemed like the beginning, the first week of January, we started seeing toys and products and Legos and action figures and diecast metal things and matchbox cars and and statues and that were then suddenly available. So if they had them then why not have them a week previous to that so people could buy them for Christmas? But yeah, it's very hurtful on the budget. I mean, I've already myself, the movie's not even out yet, and I, I probably spent $200 or $250 on uh, merchandise from, from, the, from the film. Yeah, and I have to thank you publicly for the uh, cereal, the uh, General Mills. You uh, kindly sent me the Batman and Superman versions of, of their cereal packs, uh, which uh, arrived here pretty quickly, and uh, they look very impressive. I was uh, impressed with the uh, the way that it's kind of like an embossed thing in the front there for each of the logos. They're not just uh, prints. They're just they're, they're, they're really snazzy, so uh, thank you for that. You're welcome. I, I thought the boxes were real cool too, and, and at the beginning I was... I was worried because it didn't seem like we were going to get them, and there was one here and one there, and then there was 10 Batman and no Superman, and then I thought, <laughs> oh, here we go again. Batman's available, no Superman. And now when I go to the store, there's 30 of each of them, and I don't know if anybody's buying them. <laughs> it's unfortunate because they're very – again, as a collector or somebody who wants to own the box, the boxes are very, very nice. So even yeah. the Batman logo I like very much. Uh, the Superman one's kind of shiny. And that, but but they both have kind of a feel to them. They're they're uh, as you say embossed. They're not they're not just flat colored artwork. It's mm. uh, they're very nice boxes. And the cereal, uh, I like. I actually enjoyed the Superman flavored. It's not Superman flavor. That'd be weird. <laughs> Superman put them in flavor, but um, uh, the caramel corn crunch or whatever it is. A lot of people by the look of it thought it was going to be Captain Crunch. 
uh, and, and now people are saying, wow, they should have just made a cap and crunch. Well, first of all, I don't know that they're allowed to do just another cereal and put it in a Superman box. <laughs> but uh, I thought that I thought the flavor was interesting. The Batman one I didn't like too much. And people might say, well, you just don't like Batman. Uh, but strawberry chocolate, I thought, sounded odd even mm. when they announced it. And uh, it almost tastes minty to me. And I, I, I've wow. never really liked chocolate mint. Uh, so I'm not a big fan of it, but I have two boxes I'm not going to open, and then I ate. I had some others, and uh, apparently they're they're still available, so I could probably continue to eat Batman Superman cereal for quite a long time <laughs> if I kept going out and getting them. But uh, glad you got those, and yeah. I'm I'm a little disappointed that all product isn't available in every market. But yeah. I mean, I imagine they sell General Mills cereal in your country, so why wouldn't they have that? Cereal. Yeah, it's not well. I know there is a General Mills here, but I don't. I've never really seen their cereal uh, in you know in the, the supermarket. But uh, but they weren't releasing it here when I asked them. So uh, thank you yeah. for that. And you mentioned all the merchandise that's been coming out and statues and things. Uh, Kotobukiya unveiled their Batman v Superman Artifacts Plus statues. These are really dynamic and they are very pricey. But uh, there's they're two separate statues, but their bases kind of combined so that you have this dynamic Batman Superman fight pose when you bring the two together. Uh, they look awesome. Yeah, I'm, I love. I've always loved these. You know, uh, a lot. Almost every superhero comic book type of thing gets a treatment in these Katabuki uh, or whatever statues, and I've never bought one because they are expensive. But I always love them so. Um, you know, if if you're looking for some way to spend your amount of money that you're going to spend uh, <laughs> on all this uh, merchandise, maybe that's the way to go because they definitely look cool. You know, there's those other ones, the, uh, the the ones they released for Man of Steel. The same companies are doing ones for this one, and and uh, there's a there's a Wonder Woman, a Batman, and a Superman. So there's definitely plenty of choices if if you've got money to spend. And uh, uh, I love collecting statues and things, but uh, obviously we're all on whatever limited budget we're on, so mm. you got to decide which ones you're going to go for and and uh and stick with that i guess yeah definitely there's so much out there and uh not everything is as you say is released in all markets so uh get what you can when you see it because uh, they do seem to sell out quickly uh, you see people selling them on ebay for vast amounts of money but uh that's uh there is a lot out there for batman v superman and uh there's you know check the superman homepage uh daily because there are uh, we can't discuss everything in this uh, podcast. Uh, we try to get as much as we can fit in, but there are a lot of images and things from that Empire Magazine article that are online now. There's, uh, you know, merchandise being released all the time. So uh, check out uh, the Superman homepage uh, daily for all the updates on Batman v Superman, lots of videos and things and clips and what have you. So, uh, but that's Batman v Superman. Uh, moving on, uh, Man of Steel. Uh, we'll be getting an Ultra HD Blu-ray release. Now, uh, obviously, a lot of us have already got Man of Steel on uh, Blu-ray or DVD when it was released. Uh, but uh, an Ultra HD uh, release is coming. Uh, it will be uh, sometime during the year. Uh, Warner Brothers have announced that uh, the first available titles will be Mad Max Fury Road, San Andreas, Lego Movie, and Pan, but they'll follow, be, be followed quickly with other movies, including Man of Steel and Pacific Rim. Uh, we don't know an exact date for the release of this Ultra HD Blu-ray release of Man of Steel, but it is coming, and uh, it is, I guess, the next wave of technology as far as this 4K Ultra HD resolution is concerned. 
Nothing like releasing Pan, a movie that came into theaters one day and left the next day yeah, and no one wants to see as your first wave of four movies that you're going to release. <laughs> uh, the, uh, and the Lego movie was very popular, so I get that. Uh, the other two are newer, so probably it's easier to immediately produce a new movie that you're releasing onto this new format yeah. than it is to go back and reformat an older movie. Uh, I don't know much about this Ultra HD. I thought... Mm. Uh, do you need a new player for it? Can you play it on a regular Blu-ray, or do you have to have an Ultra Blu-ray player? Or, or uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, not sure. I think you might have to, but um, and maybe the TV's also got something to do with it. It might have to be an Ultra HD TV or something. I also can't imagine my eyes being able to <laughs> see more, see that many more differences. <laughs> It does seem to get ridiculous, like with the pixels that came out with all the cameras. It's like, oh, it was 8 pixel, 10 pixel, 32 pixel, 164 pixels. That's it's just like, going up and up and up. Pixels? And it's weird because like, I still have people telling me I'm not getting Blu-ray. I, it doesn't look any better. It's no di- And when you compare them side by side, there is a difference. But it's really negligible depending on the movie. And, and as I say, how much better can it really get? I, yeah. mean, I love better. If it can be better, that's great. Yeah, exactly. So... That's what's uh, happening with uh, the Ultra HD release of Man of Steel. Now, someone's going to come and they're going to write, Scotty, you don't know anything about technology. Let me tell you how better it'll be. And they're going to give me the number, like you said, they're going to pixel. They're going to give me the number of pixels (laughs) versus what it was in Blu-ray. Now what it is in Ultra. I know that there, I don't know what the numbers are. Obviously, there are going to be numbers that show me it's better. I'm talking about the human eye. Mm. Can we really tell one camera versus another if it's if it's 300 bits versus 200 bit you know whatever it is mm. and that's what i'm talking about not that the specs are going to tell me it's better i yeah. know that whether it's but, physically yeah. human possible can you like do you have to have superhuman vision <laughs> to be able to see it uh, surround sound <laughs> <laughs> now uh there is another uh, animated movie coming out from dc uh universe of films and that is Justice League versus Teen Titans. They've released a, an 11-minute kind of preview. There's also the official trailer that's out now. Um, I've kind of quickly looked over these, but um, it appears to be... Uh, well, it was announced with the new Batman Bad Blood, I think the animated movie is called. But uh, the the new uh, animated movie, uh, Justice League versus Teen Titans, sees uh, Robin... Um, decide to join, he works with the Teen Titans after his uh, volatile behaviour botches a Justice League mission and the young team must uh, then step up to face Trigon after he possesses the Justice League and threatens to conquer the world. So I think I think it's more of a Teen Titans movie, but uh, the Justice League are obviously heavily involved and Superman's heavily involved and that will come out in the US spring of 2016. So I think that's the second quarter of the year. It's interesting. Uh, it's another. It kind of when I hear the title, I kind of go uh, Batman against Superman. Uh, sounds a little outmatched. And not only are they being taken over by Trigon and his ma- magical powers, which would then make them even more difficult to beat, but it's the Justice League against the Teen Titans to begin with. Mm. It just seems like an overmatch again. Um, and you know, when when it comes to verses, the same same with the Batman v Superman movie. I don't think I don't think Superman can win no matter what he does. I think and I don't mean win physically. I mean whether he wins, he looks bad. If he loses, he looks like a pansy like everybody says he is. And if it's a draw, he loses. 
only Batman looks good in whatever the outcome is here, unless it's done in such a way that that blows my mind that I just can't imagine. Mm. Because Batman's a guy who is, whether he's crazy or not, whether he's paranoid or not, whether he's right or not, is willing to, as a guy with no superpowers, go up against a man that he himself says could burn the entire world to the ground and kill everybody. So I, a man, have to get in a suit and go out there and stop him. I have to kill him. I have to destroy him because he could destroy all of us. So he's exhibiting, maybe in craziness, the ultimate bravery and the ultimate willingness to sacrifice himself to stop a threat that he believes could destroy the world, whereas Superman has nothing to prove we know should be able to easily like a fleck of like a speck of dust flick batman out into the moon uh but since he won't because the the movie ha- you know stan lee once said the smartest thing to do is to have your heroes never win against each other have neither one of them win so when that happens then everyone goes see i knew superman was a freaking jerk off because uh he couldn't even meet a guy that's dressed as a bat uh so i just don't see an outcome where where superman because I don't know if you, it just doesn't. I don't see an outcome where Superman is in. The, <laughs> I understand it, it you look, don't. Looks good yeah. at all. Your dilemma. I know what you're saying. Where you're coming from. It will be interesting to see how they do it. There's going to have to be a very uh, smart way of coming through with it to to you know have Superman come out looking uh, you know smelling like roses. But uh, we'll wait and see. As with this animated movie, just how the Teen Titans can go up against Justice League, especially if they're possessed, um, which means they. They have no inhibitions as far as you know killing or whatever. Right. Yeah, whether they'll kill or not. Right. You know, it's it's. I, I just you know if they're even, and I know everybody wants the Trinity to be even. They're all on the same ground, you know. But I think it should be even in different ways. Like not they could fight each other physically and come out even, or they mm. could mentally fight. You know, but you know, but then I'd have a problem with that because I know Batman's supposed to be the smartest guy around, and Superman's often portrayed as a dumb guy, uh, but he's smart as well. Mm. So. And then people go, but yeah, but Batman's a genius. He should be the smartest one. Well, if that's the case, then that should be his thing. Yeah. And it shouldn't be, I should be able to also fight you. If they're all even, then you go, well, why do we need super? If Batman can do what Superman can do, then why, do why is Superman so special? Right. So I just think it hurts super. That's all it does is hurts Superman. The whole idea, the whole premise, but I'm still excited about it. Mm. <laughs> now, this script for Justice League versus Teen Titans isn't based on any particular comic book story. Fans were thinking about where they can go back to read the kind of material it's from. But it is written by Brian Miller, Brian Q. Miller, and Alan Burnett. So uh, there is obviously that um, that knowledge there of the characters. So looking forward to that in the second quarter of this year. But uh, let's now move on to TV land, where we uh, have a lot to talk about with Supergirl. We've had uh, three episodes, I think, air since uh, our last podcast. Uh, they were the first one, episode nine, was Blood Bonds, uh, which uh, has, which was, I think it was like what they called the mid-season finale, um, and it starred uh, Astra, her aunt from Krypton, who um, you know there was obviously. Um, she was captured, and um, you know they wanted. Then uh, Hank was captured by her husband Non, and there was that trade-off. You know, we you give us her for, we'll give you back him, and and uh, then Non wasn't going to come through with that um, with that deal, and was going to kill Hank. But uh, you see that there is a, a touch of good in Astra, in as far as the fact that she's you know uh, willing to, she has some honor in her about honoring the the um, exchange that they had promised. The whole thing with Hank and, and uh, you know, being Mar- Martian Manhunter and, and 
it just seems odd that he continually lets himself get captured and and doesn't use any of his powers and and I guess at the end of the mid-season finale, you know, they were about to face off or whatever. And then when it continued, they all fought in Maxwell Lord's lobby. And he did use some of his powers there. And I think it's really a question of the ability of them to afford the effects every time right. more than it is. And they're, they're, you know, they're using it as a story point. And it kind of makes some sense. You know, he's saying I, 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 every time I use it, I, I move closer to being unable to, to be human anymore and, and – uh, I, you know, there's things I promise not to do, and I, we're going to get into that with the next episode. But um, it's interesting the way they've had to go. You know, they wanted him to be Martian Manhunter, but at the same time, they still want him to be. Yeah, they're pulling their punches. Uh, Hank. So it's uh, it's it. I mean, I love it, and I love I love when he stood in for Kara and 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 showed you know mm-hmm. uh, 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 Cat Grant that that it was so cool to see. You know, my my girls were what. Well, how could he do that? You know, they didn't know because they don't know. He's a shapeshifter. Uh, you know, uh, and it's just very cool to see him fly down and then turn back into Hank. And it's great effects. I've heard people say these are CW effects or that the, I don't know exactly what that means or that the show belongs on CW because the the effects just aren't that good. I, I don't know what they're watching. I mean, I just think as far as effects go and flying and superpower, it's the best show I've ever seen mm. in terms of what the effects look like. On a weekly I, budget. You know, it's so good, and and the story is good, and almost every episode, I, I get a little emotional, and and uh, it's just great. Mm. Now uh, the next episode was childish things, and as you mentioned, Hank as the Martian Manhunter uh, was made to, you know, was to do something that he said he didn't want to do, and and that was uh, in regards to the Toy Man. Um, it was a very good episode for, for Jeremy Jordan, the actor who plays Win Shot, uh, Kara's friend and co-worker at the DEO, and the emotional. Uh, Roller coaster that he went through with his father, the toy man, uh, the senior windshot, if you like, uh, escaping from prison, uh, wanting to you know reunite with his son, but being the psycho that he is, the way he tries to reunite him is obviously very detrimental to to win himself, and um, you know it was a very emotional uh, episode for for Jeremy Jordan. Um, there was you know the the whole relationship with Kara, and I'm glad that they've kind of not gone the normal, you know, route that they would go with, you know, is kind of ignoring the his feelings for her. And he's come out and he said, look, I do love you. And he tried to kiss her and, and that's out there. And it's it's a big, you know, a big a problem now for the two of them in their friendship. Um, but then, you know, uh, in, in everything that's happened, uh, Hank did have to use his mind-wiping abilities. Um, and uh, that has had consequences for upcoming episodes as well. Yeah, it seems to have gone wrong. I don't know if it's because he's been holding back for so long that he's kind of forgotten how to do it. You know, if it's been uh, 10 or 20 years since Hank initially disappeared and uh, and and he took over his persona and he hasn't been using any of his powers since then, I guess he forgot how to use his power. It's the only thing I can figure because it seemed a little extreme that he completely wiped that guy's entire existence from mm-hmm. his own mind. Yeah. Um, so I guess and, – and there thereby they show us why it's so important for them to not spend the budget so much <laughs> story-wise because it makes sense. If you were John Jones and that was going to happen every time you tried to use it, you wouldn't want to no, use you wouldn't, it if, no. if you're a good person. You exactly. Know, if you, if you, if, you know, if you're going, I don't want to do these things to people because I can't control it. Uh, but hopefully that will – 
get better with time because that's it was never that way before. I mean, mm. he's an expert at mind control and yeah. mind altering, and uh, I thought he was going to go in and just remove that. And I think that's what he meant to do. Exactly, just remove that meeting. Uh, but of course, he doesn't remember anything about his life now. So okay. uh, that no was a bit, a bit crazy, a bit mm. odd. I love the way he was impersonating Maxwell Lord. Uh, <laughs> I love they were like, "How could you?" I, but you were here, and I, I loved all that stuff, and uh, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was real cool. I know that they want the story to continue, and that's going to happen in the next episode. So they had to leave the girl there, but I can't see any reason why. He would. I keep wanting to call him Hank, but technically he's not Hank. That's just mm. who he's been the whole series. He says, "I will come back for you," and then mm. leaves. But he has the ability to fly, go invisible, become intangible, and from what we've seen, anybody he's holding can be intangible. So there's no reason why he couldn't have Take taken her with him right yeah. then. He was there. I don't mm. know what. I don't know what the delay. Other than again, story. They need to keep her there so we can get to what we're getting to. But it make it doesn't make a lot of sense. Plot-wise, no. they have left her there. Yeah, and there was the, a massive twist at the end of that particular episode with uh, Alex having been having her handbag uh, bugged with a video camera by uh, Maxwell Lord, and he now knows that Kara is Supergirl, but we haven't had that uh, revelation mean anything yet in any of the episodes or any of the previews that we've seen. It didn't happen in episode 11, which was Strange Visitor from Another Planet, which uh, continues Hank's or John Jones' story, and with a white Martian appearing uh, in uh, in the city, and uh, we have this uh, particular senator who is very anti-alien, doing her whole spiel about all the aliens, you know, being horrible things and monsters. The, mo- the word monster is used over and over in that episode. And uh, the white Martian uh, attacks her, um, there's, you know, there's a whole lot of, uh, shape shifting, not knowing who really is who. And, uh, it's a, a very action packed episode, but, uh, we also have the subplot of, uh, Cat Grant's strange son, Adam coming, uh, to you know, visit her. And uh, I guess obviously emotionally, uh, tied with both his mum and with Kara and there's uh, a lot of emotional stuff happening there. That was, uh, quite a bit of a tearjerker as well. Uh, I didn't see this particular episode yet, but okay. uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I love everyone, and I've been enjoying it. There are questions, as I said, as to like why he left her there other than because they needed her to be there for later, uh, things of this nature. But uh, I'm, I'm uh, now that you mentioned it has the White Martian in it and stuff, that seems pretty interesting and exciting, so yeah. that's going to be good. A lot of uh, John Jones' backstory and some really interesting effects about the uh, backstory of Mars and how they do all that and and visually show that. So uh, that's the 11th episode. Episode 12, uh, which will be the first episode of February, I think it's February 1st, uh, Monday, is Bizarro. And we see, obviously, a Bizarro version of Supergirl. So the trailer for that is up on the Superman homepage website if you'd like to check that out. Uh, we also have an upcoming story from uh, of Supergirl. I think it's episode 13, which will be called For the Girl Who Has Everything. And that is an adaptation of a classic Superman comic book story titled For the Man Who Has Everything, which in this particular episode we'll see Kara in like a dreamlike state, um, imagining that she's back on Krypton that wasn't destroyed. And now we know, therefore, why they were casting a young teenage Kal-El, a young actor to play Kal-El in his teenage years, because uh, this episode will show her growing up on Krypton with her young cousin uh, in a world that uh, never exploded. 
cool. One of the coolest stories, obviously, a Superman story that they're adapting here for Supergirl. Uh, doesn't seem to have the same meaning, although she has a lot of people in her life, a lot of close people. But I, I, I think, you know, Clark had Lois and his life as a journalist and, uh, you know, his, his, his Earth parents and everything that was important to him here that kept him tethered and in the end, of course, brings him back. Whereas here, she's kind of that we've seen from the beginning of the series. She doesn't have love. She wants it. She wants a normal life. She doesn't have it. She's trying to keep her job together uh, because she just wants to be a normal person while at the same time being. Uh, but it almost seems like she would rather not be where she's at. Whereas, whereas in the original story, uh, Clark was very connected to his current life and therefore in the end decides he doesn't want to be a part of Krypton because he has what he has now and he knows the truth. But uh, I, I, I figure I guess it will still work here because she still does love her adopted sister and, and uh, uh, which brings a uh, interesting point to mind that I kind of – I'm a little disappointed in – and it's hard for me to be disappointed in this show because I think it's been so good. I'm a little disappointed in the way they've treated – uh, Alex's parents for Supergirl. Uh, she she calls them by their first names. Uh, she they're not mom and dad. They're not her adopted parent. I mean, yes, they are technically, but she doesn't treat them that way. It seems uh, my sister's mother, not like my mother. You know, she was young enough, and yeah. they raised her, and they taught her, and they took care of her, and she lived there. So I don't know. I, I'm not really sure what that is, but that's a little. I, I find it maybe it, it's just to differentiate between. Her real mom and, you know, right? Because right, we know right. now that she has that um, that what is it AI thing that she can go to and talk to her mom about you know, certain things. But um, yeah, it, it's, it's an interesting decision there. And we do know that the young actor who will be playing young Kal-El is uh, Daniel DiMaggio. Now he hasn't been in many things. Uh, he's nothing. I haven't seen him in any of the movies that he's been in. But uh, uh, great for him that he's involved in this uh, series playing a young version of Superman. Well, Kal-El anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be great to get the call, you know. Yeah. Uh, hey, you're going to be Clark. <laughs> uh, you're going to be Superman, you know, like the kid on Gotham being Batman. is. Uh, it's just got to be really, you know, he's never probably going to become Batman because he's too young, but just cool that you get to play some incarnation of that character, yeah. you know, like uh, Kevin Smith's daughter, I guess, it recently came out that her name – we already knew her name was Harley Quinn because uh, Kevin Smith's a nut job. But um, <laughs> it, it recently came out that she has said – you know, I guess she's a budding actor and has said that she won't rest until she actually gets to play a version of her real name, wow. uh, which would be interesting. But I don't know that – unless the Suicide Squad movie is huge and they keep going forward with different Harley Quinn projects – she's not normally a character you would think of as something that's going to have a longevity in film, mm. uh, but maybe she Never will. Know. So, you know, could be something like that. So it's neat. Probably Daniel DiMaggio is, this is going to be his only experience as Superman, but to some degree he's Superman in this. So that's really cool. And I also love what they've been doing with their shows and their movies and things. Uh, for a long time, WB has been doing this. Laura Vandervoot now, who, of course, played Supergirl on the Smallville show, has been cast as a character on the Supergirl show. That's right. She'll be playing a version of Brainiac, if you like. Uh, Indigo is the character's name, and uh, she'll be uh, appearing in an upcoming episode of Supergirl. I'm not sure exactly what uh, episode it will be in, 
but um, the uh, her character is Brainiac 8, a.k.a. Indigo, and is described as a badass and is integral to the overarching Supergirl Season 1 arcs. And what might she look like? Well, she's going to look awesome, uh, they tease. And uh, so it's great that it's a recurring role. It's not just a one-off thing that she'll be a part of the show. They tried to get her on previously for some other role, but that just didn't work out because of her schedule with the other shows that she's involved in. But um, she'll be in an upcoming episode, as will the Master Jailer, who's going to be played by Jeff Branson. And he's uh, described as being uh, the forceful and unrelenting jail guard on Fort Ross. Uh, Master Jailer shows no mercy. And on Earth now, he's hell-bent on catching all of the Fort Ross escapees and brutally bringing them to justice. So I guess he's got a similar mission to Supergirl in the catching and, and the DEO in catching all these uh, Fort Ross escapees. But I guess that his methods are going to be uh, at odds with the way the DEO operates. Well, of course, you know, the good guys always got to be nice, you know, unless you're Batman, I guess, uh, where you're going and torturing the criminals uh, and bringing your attention to Clark. So he has to come and say, this bat vigilante. And then Perry has to say, yeah, nobody cares what Clark Kent thinks. (laughs) Uh, But uh, so there's got to be a, uh, you know, a challenge of morality to where, you know, this isn't the way we do it. Um, which probably, in a lot of cases, somebody like the Punisher coming in and just doing away with everybody would yeah. actually make the world better for everyone else, and you wouldn't have these villains recurring back and murdering more people because then you you get that eternal loop where you go, well, if Supergirl would just kill people, then they wouldn't be able to come back and hurt people again, and then they go, yeah, but Supergirl doesn't kill, and then they go, well, yeah, but then isn't it her fault that it keeps happening, that. but we're trying to live in a society. <laughs> can't just have people going around killing everybody else uh, but yeah so they're the two characters that we do have up and coming it's great to see Laura Vandervoort involved in the Supergirl it continues yeah. what we see with Dean Cain and with Helen Slater exactly. and they were both on Smallville and you know we've we've seen uh, you know the original Lois Lane was in Lois and Clark and it's just great. I just love it when they do. That. I think all fans do. You know, Jimmy yeah. Olsen from the movies was in Lois or uh, Smallville. Yeah. You know, it's just it's cool. Yeah, it is very cool. So looking forward to that. Um, Laura Vandervoort appearing on upcoming episodes of Supergirl. Now, before we move away from Supergirl and get into our comic book discussions, uh, a big congratulations to the cast and crew of Supergirl for winning the People's Choice Award for I think it was Best New Drama or, or something. Yeah. So that's awesome. Uh, excellent. Uh, great to see that. They're uh, you know popular not just amongst the fans who yeah. are hardcore fans, but you know people just in general TV land uh, who are watching the show and are, uh, are becoming fans of the Supergirl TV series. Now well, it's interesting. Uh, obviously, not too many episodes were out before that decision had to be made. Mm. So I wonder how you know because it was the highest fall premiere of all shows this year but then it dropped off very drastically and i started to worry that it might not make it and then they ordered a full season and so now i'm concerned where the ratings are going to go from here and if we'll see more beyond a second season it's it's interesting and i wonder i wonder how many of those people that originally voted for it and that it won are still watching and if they're still enjoying and i hope they are because i think it's great I hate to say it's gotten better because I don't think it was ever not good. So I mm. just think it's great. It's been great from the beginning, and I hope we get a long run here. You know, 
you know people are going to come out, just like you said many uh, months ago. You said, well, the problem with this is if Batman is in this movie, you know, the Batman fans are going to say, well, yeah, but it only succeeded because Batman was in it. No one wanted to see Superman or whatever. Uh, if people say, you know, people will then say, well, look, we still got Smallville, which people like to dismiss, but it was on years. It was on for 10 years, mm. the most time any Superman show has ever been on. And my argument is always that it's on the CW and ratings don't matter as much over there. And Supergirl's got a much larger hill to climb in terms of staying on a premium, uh, you know, regular big network. Mm. Right. You know, the, the ratings have been have improved since that drop that we spoke about after the premiere, but um, it, it seems to be doing re- really well, and there seems to be a lot of buzz out there for the show. And um, as the season progresses, I might do a chart mapping the, the TV ratings and how they've gone from episode to episode. So uh, something to add to my to do list. But uh, let's get on. Yeah, to man, our... you don't do enough. <laughs> get working. <laughs> let's get into our Superman comic books. And uh, we start with Superman number 47. Now, I don't have my iPad next to me uh, as we discuss this, but um, uh, I'm trying to remember what Superman number 47 was. Uh, just quickly having a look. Um, any thoughts as we as we move forward? Is it the one where uh, Jimmy Olsen is not dead? Uh, is that the Hoda Root thing, or is that Action Comics? Uh, let's have a quick look. Uh, no, it is Hoda Root uh, revealing his identity, um, and uh, you know we have Superman battling with uh, uh, what's his face, the uh, Frankenstein monster. <laughs> what's, his <face? laughs> what's his face? Just showing my uh, my confusion as diversity I'm to in the DC universe. <laughs> yeah, what's if it ain't Superman, it don't matter. <laughs> It, well, I mean, he's a character, isn't he? What's his face? Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> if I ever write comics, I'm going to put one in there, and I'm going to credit you. Yeah. And, What's his face? Yeah, well, and uh, so this is you know, the Wrath episode, uh, continuing the Wrath storyline, uh, Superman fighting Frankenstein, and uh, you know, the whole Horde of Root thing. We're, we're seeing all the characters coming together, the, the whole plot point of just what's been happening with Superman and, and these characters and that. And the, the blackness that's been infiltrating these characters, and uh, you know, it comes out of uh, uh, Lee, the uh, his friend, the the ex. I think she's a cop. Um, yep. And uh, it's it's finally kind of coming to a head. This story. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's coming together in a way. I, uh, I I guess I like that they're all tied together again. You know, we find out that the. The whole uh, storyline with Vandal Savage and everything is all kind of tied in with Hoda Root, and he's using him to try and get and what he needs and, and rule the world and all that stuff. And so uh, I do like when the books are tied together, and it, it just took a long time to get there. I didn't really like this whole Hoda Root thing from the beginning, um, at least mm-hmm. now knowing it's tied to a, a larger arc. I guess it's a little better. Yeah. And then we move, and there's been a lot of comics, so we're kind of kind of pushing through these because we've had a number of annuals, and one of those was Superman Annual Number Three. And in this one, we, it's more of a Vandal Savage um, Wikipedia. I think Adam the Channel described it as uh, entry in that it's uh, background on Vandal Savage, his uh, you know how he came to be, the meteorite that he found, the struggle for him to trying to get a clan that's strong, and you know, uh, and and then the the um, you know, coming to the modern times and how you know his uh, efforts to 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 put all that together is kind of at odds with what's happening with Superman. 
Yeah, I I, uh, I like the story. I didn't know right away that it was Vandal Savage. It took me a few pages to realize. Uh, I think it was when he killed his father that I said in the clan, you know. Right, uh, yep. I said, oh, yeah, it must be Vandal Savage here. Uh, you know, because it's so long between books and there's so many books. I wasn't even sure where I was or what I was reading or, you know, what it was about. But uh, I, I do really like the artwork. Yeah. Um, and I also something weird happened this month that I never noticed before. It seemed like maybe the last few pages of several of the books weren't finished and they just got somebody to quickly sketch them. Mm. Did you notice that? No, it didn't really come. And is that something they announced? Is that something they were going to do? Because I know fans for a while have been complaining. If you can't finish a book on time, then delay it. Or if you're going to delay a book, then get a new artist that can finish it. And Mm. maybe this is a, a medium that they found that they could say, well, there's five pages that aren't done, so we're just going to throw them together. They weren't even colored. They were like weird. That the, the art completely changed in the last several pages of several of the books, and it went to kind of very sloppy, not JRJR style, <laughs> but but like just as if they were rudimentarily sketching what it was gonna be, but never finished it. Oh, I didn't notice that, so it didn't really stand out to me. Uh, that's interesting. I'll have to go back and have a look. Um, but then in, in Superman and Wonder Woman, both 24 and 25, because I think 24 came out just after we recorded our last podcast and 25's already come out uh, this month. Um, in 25, we see what I thought was a really great story in that Wonder Woman brings a, you know, a badly injured Superman to her Greek god compatriots, if you like, to try to get them to save Superman, to heal him. And each one of the different gods... Um, well, they agree in a combined effort to put through put Superman through a or his mental state through cha- different challenges to see if he's worthy of their healing. And I thought it was, it felt like the Superman that I like to read about the things that he decided to do, the decisions that he made, uh, the way he didn't react to some of the taunts and and things that were being thrown at him, and the way he was very stoic in his um, in his stance. Yeah, I, lo- I, d- I definitely liked his attitude throughout the story, and uh, it was an interesting way to go about it. Yeah, so uh, that was Superman Wonder Woman number 24 and 25. And then there was another annual, which was Superman Wonder Woman annual number 2. What were your thoughts on, on this particular I love this. I, uh, I, I really enjoyed the because it was kind of told from Clark's point of view and, and how he's trying to live his life and and have romance in it and trying to make his decision whether he wants to give her the ring and propose to her and you know he uh makes comparisons to his parents and there's different stories as to him you know i set it out i set out with the greatest of intentions but then a series of things happens that make him change his mind and not go through with it i thought it was neat it was it was like several stories that were a few pages in length but they all kind of tied together yeah it uh kind of shows i guess the 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 roadblocks that they themselves especially superman has put up um throughout their relationship um you know it, it hasn't been the smoothest of rides for for these two characters in their in their love story right and i i think i don't know you know if if it's because they're gonna be you know eventually get to Lois or not uh, but uh obviously we we I mean generally everyone kind of knows that Superman and Lois are the ones that get together so this relationship unless this was going to be uh completely different in the end which it has been from the beginning 
uh, was kind of doomed to fail because mm. uh, Wonder Woman's not Lois. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, uh, but you... I don't know. There was some word uh, about um, some sort of reset again uh, I've heard recently. Yeah, there's uh, been uh, – um, uh, well, I think it was Jim Lee and Dan Didio both uh, put up a, an image on Twitter uh, of a blue um, – what do you call it? A curtain with the word rebirth over the top of it, which has led to a lot of speculation that in June – they will be resetting, uh, doing new number ones again or something along those lines. We haven't had any confirmation about that at this point in time, but it does seem to be hinting towards some kind of a, uh, relaunch, rebirth, or I don't know what you want to call it, but there are some rumours out there about new number ones and that they're going to be concentrating on the titles that have movies coming out, like Suicide Squad, Harley Quinn, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, uh, and those kinds of things. So uh, wait and see. Watch this space, as they say. <laughs> right. Now uh, it's a crazy situation they got going on over there. Yeah, exactly. Who knows what's happening? Just like, it seems to be reboots and relaunches, uh, revamps happening every three years, where it used to be like every ten, fifteen years. But uh, we'll wait and see. Uh, Action Comics number forty-eight moves on, continues on from the Superman annual event, and Superman is becoming increasingly desperate to regain his superpowers. Uh, he realizes that you know that that he's missing out. Like he can't save people. That he can't be who he really is at his core without uh, his abilities. And uh, so he, but he has to rescue his fellow Justice Leaguers and try to save the lives of the soldiers facing Vandal Savage in this particular issue. I thought it was real cool because, you know, it starts off with him being a man of the people and he's there and they all come together to help him save this bus and, uh, uh, or this truck that was going over to the thing and might fall on people or something like that. And then this huge event happens where Wonder Woman and everybody go away and, and uh, they leave him behind and he wants to go. and ha- Is this the right story? Am yeah, I yeah, yeah. Talking about the right thing? And then in the end, it turns out that he's the one who does have to help them after all. Hmm. So uh, it's an interesting, you know, him, that whole being, feel, being, feeling like you're being left behind and that you're not important. And, and Lex is, I think that's the Justice League comic, isn't it? Where Lex calls on them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah and says, no, you know, we only need the, the, big, the big guns and... You know, uh, it's a very Lex Luthor thing to do to keep to leave Superman out. Uh, right. I don't think it was Justice League though. Oh, okay. It, we didn't have that on our list, so no, I didn't. Uh, so you didn't read that one. It was, it was just. It might have been. Uh, maybe it was Superman Wonder Woman twenty four that I'm thinking of. I can't remember. Or maybe it was the Superman Wonder Woman. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I remember that that happened, and I thought the Action Comics was the one where. You know where the where the Vandal Savage ship came through, right? Yes, and, it, and, and the Watchtower, and, and, and yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, it was a lot of books to read, and uh, you know, and, and they all <laughs> over the, the stories continuing. You know, period. they're all kind of continuing on top of each other, and uh, I think the whole point of that was that Superman still wants to be Superman, even though he's not um, as powerful as he once was, and wants to continue doing everything he can and we see a story in one of the books maybe it was an action where he does have to be the one to free them even though he uh, has less power than he did before yeah now uh batman superman number 28 is an interesting one because i don't really know where it fits in in time uh it, well it says it's an untold tale from the early days of bruce and clark's crime fighting careers and it's a new three-part epic from another time and it uh, shows Superman and Batman, I guess, in their prime, if you want to say so. Uh, Superman 
is uh, at the beginning of the book saving these astronauts uh, from you know what appears to be a pretty dire situation, and uh, is able to uh, to you know fly out there and save them. Yeah, it was good to see Superman rescuing people. I think a lot of times people complain about Superman because it's it's not really action packed because it's it's mostly him just rescuing people, which right. is kind of what they did in Superman Returns for the most part. It was right. a lot of different rescues, uh, but that's what Superman does. He's a rescue guy. You know, Batman's the vengeance guy who goes and beats up people. Obviously, in the comics, almost every month, Superman does fight someone, and there's a lot of destruction. Uh, but at his core, he's about helping people. So seeing him rescue the astronauts at his normal power status and be flying around and see everybody be inspired by him being there and just, you know, awed that, at what he can do. And then he goes to Gotham and he, he finishes off Clayface and Batman's upset about it or whatever. And I liked <laughs> I all need your that. help. I had that under control. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, uh, you know, and then it, of course, ends with uh, Lobo, uh, who I don't even know when he got his new makeover. Oh, yeah, that with was the, a couple of months ago. Well, was... he had the crazy makeover, but then now he looks a little more closer to the other Lobo, oh, okay. but he still has the new outfit, but he, but he has the crazy messy hair and the overgrown facial hair that he didn't have when they relaunched the glossy twilight looking (laughs) look. So I'm not sure when this change happened. Uh, but now he's, I guess, uh, somebody wants uh, Batman, Batman dead or something. And of course, Lobo says, well, do you want them both dead? Cause that's going to cost you more. And I'm going, uh, not only will it cost you more, but it's, you're going to have to find another assassin to do it. But, uh, uh, and, and it ends of course with them saying they're going to go ahead and, uh, I guess kill Batman. Hmm. So uh, waiting to see what happens in upcoming issues of Batman Superman uh, with number 29 coming out uh, this next month in February. Uh, Moving on to the outer books, if you like, uh, Superman Lois and Clark number three sees Superman up against this character called Blank, I think he is, uh, this white character, totally white, uh, just white hair, white face, white clothes, He's only got brown shoes, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> and obviously, Clark Kent, uh, Superman in um, his, you know, black uniform, I guess, because he's not able to be the Superman that we know uh, from his pre-crisis days or post-crisis days, sorry, um, is on this new Earth and trying to do things undercover and trying to be uh, try, take control of situations that uh, need his con- need his help without exposing himself. I finally loved this story. You know, yeah. people have been going on and on about it. Fine, you know, it's the Superman they want to read, and the Lois and Clark book is so good. And I just kind of found not bad, but I was just kind of like, okay, it's it's fine. But uh, this one, I really loved. Uh, it really did harken back to a Superman who does what needs to be done, but does it in his ethical code and his moral way. And uh, this guy needed to be stopped, and he knew he couldn't kill him, but then he puts him down there in his zoo or whatever and and uh he gets out and it's very exciting and uh, the guy is clearly ruthless and and willing to do whatever just to kill i don't know mm. exactly what his, what his problem is uh, what his deal is but uh, uh I, I don't remember uh him having hank henshaw down there and suddenly that was a thing i thought i thought hank was missing 
and they didn't know what happened to him. And he kept saying to Lois, well, the Hank I knew eventually became this terrible thing that destroyed Coast City. So we got to watch out to make sure that doesn't happen. But I didn't remember him. Ha- I thought they went and found the shuttle and it was empty. Well, or I've, were we? Did he take it? Was empty because he took him? Yeah, that's right. It was empty to the government who were looking for him or whoever was trying to rescue okay. the ship. But Superman had taken. Well, this him. is the first time we're seeing him, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. So we're being it's being revealed to us that Correct. he has him there at this point. Okay, exactly. But so, I really like the story. Yeah, I'm interested to see where it goes now. Yeah, I'm enjoying Superman, Lois and Clark more than any of the other books I'm reading at the moment. So good to see that uh, you're feeling a little bit the same. And the other book is Superman American Alien. Now, after number one, which was everybody kind of loved and was like really well, you know, amazing, everyone thought. And then number two was like, whoa, what's this? It was very violent, very, um, you know, Michael Bailey, who reviews it, was just like, what the, you know, what am I looking at here? And was very down on it. Uh, number three came up a little bit. And while it's very Much different, lighter. <laughs> much lighter, much uh, more party going, goofier, yeah. Um, it sees, you know, Clark. Um, well, he, he crash lands, I guess, in the ocean, but they put him, he gets on board this, uh, this yacht, this boat, which happens to be Bruce Wayne's party boat. And everyone thinks that uh, it's, of course, no one knows and has seen Bruce Wayne. Uh, he never shows up to his own parties. They assume that Clark is Bruce Wayne uh, making a grand entrance with a crashing of an aeroplane uh, to uh, to get on board his party boat. And uh, Clark kind of goes along with it for a little bit after trying to tell them no. And uh, a very interesting relationship uh, he forms uh, on while on this boat. Yeah, really, really out there, I thought. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of people have had a problem with... Clark and Lois uh, having relations before they were married. That's something Superman would never do. Right. You know, on Smallville, it was something we had to hear about, not only with Lana, but then with Lois, and they're not married. And the problem with that is it brings religion into the whole thing. And really, uh, the only time that's ever been really talked about as something that's verboten is when you look at it at a religious point of view. And that comes from, uh, you know, the, 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 the whole religion idea that you're not allowed to do that. So it's not necessarily something that Superman wouldn't or couldn't do if mm-hmm. he felt uh, like, you know, if he felt that that was what needed to be done. It is a little unusual in this case, because with those other examples that I mentioned, there are deep relationships that still last to this day. Yes, he and Lana are not married. They're not in love, but they love each other. And they had a very close relationship growing up and living and and knowing each other and being super close and being able to confide in each other. So that's something I could see happening. Lois is, as we know, and as I talked about before, his, you know, destiny, the one that he's going to be with, the one that he has the greatest romantic connection to so i could see that you know from that point of view this is a person that he just meets and then ends up doing things with in a very quick kind of manner and if it was a regular person it almost seems like they're trying to show us that he's drunk because of this so maybe that's what it is you know uh dead shot or uh Deathstrike, Deathstroke. I can't remember which one it was. Is it Deathstroke? I think it is. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, p- put this poison in his drink, which would have killed Bruce Wayne, but somehow affects Clark in this manner and makes him kind of drunkish. Uh, but I thought the champagne happened after they had already had their first 
you know, encounter the, the him and the girl. And her name is Barbara. Is this, are we supposed to assume that now Clark has had sex with Batgirl? Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. I like uh, red hair. Yeah, it's um. Oh, that's what I thought. Um, but in <laughs> in his review, um, Michael Bailey, um, says that uh, he meets a woman named Minerva. I thought it was Barbara. Hmm. So uh, yeah, I thought it was Barbara. Then I read Michael's review and I thought well, maybe I missed something, but um. It was very interesting that he just went very quickly into this relationship. and You know, you remind me, because when I was looking for it to see what the synopsis was, I did, did say in the write-up on, like, DC.com, Clark meets a woman named Minerva, but in the in the book, they call her Ollie or somebody calls her Barbara. Mm. So Interesting. I don't think they... it's ever mentioned in the book that her name is Minerva. No, no, neither do I. But uh, so that kind of threw me a little bit. But um, interesting either way, um, what happens there? Um, uh, whether she's definitely be... very. You know, people have always said, "How can you say a drawing is sexy?" But she's definitely yeah. very attractive. So <laughs> you know, go Clark. <laughs> yeah. The only kind of downturn to this is that now Bruce Wayne's going to be involved. Batman's going to be involved in the story. It's like we always have to throw Batman into Superman. Maybe stories. he won't. Maybe it was just because well, each of them have been separate. At so the maybe end, it was there he that... says, "Who are you? I'm going to find right. that kind of thing." But maybe it was only that one right, point because yeah. we know that they have different stories uh, to tell, a relationship in the future, and all that. But yeah. this is only a seven-part dealio, and he said they're all going to be seven separate points in Superman's life. Yeah. So, uh, you know, maybe he will or maybe he won't. But he, will, I don't think he's going to take over a huge starring role. If anything, he might just. Mm. Show up sometime. Cameo. Mm-hmm. All right. So there's the, the comic books. Uh, we did race through them quite quickly, but uh, as we said, we've got so much to talk about in this particular podcast. So uh, the reviews, the full reviews, up on the website if you want to check them out. And uh, obviously, the comic books themselves are available both digitally and in print. So check them out. And make your own uh, reviews uh, on, on your own opinions. Form your own opinions on those particular comic books. Before we move into the big question segment, we've spoken about merchandise and stuff, and I love statues. I love collecting statues, even though they are quite expensive. But uh, there is an upcoming Fleischer animated statue of Superman and Lois Lane, a rescue statue that looks really awesome. I love the character designs from the Fleischer series. I love the voice work done from the Fleischer series. And this particular statue is uh, a very cool-looking statue that uh, I'm interested to see in person. Yeah, I agree. I saw the the picture that you posted, and uh, it's another one of many. There's probably a hundred out there that I would love to have, mm. and uh, I never got the Superman Returns ones that I wanted. Those four Weta premiere oh. ones, uh, I will love those. Uh, did you get any of those? I got two of them. Um, one was sent to me by Weta as a review thing, but the two that I got both have Superman lying down in agony. The one's the one with Lex Luthor standing <laughs> Lex over him, and, Martha. and the other one is the one with Martha kind of yeah. coddling him after he's landed back on Earth. So neither of them are very heroic poses for Superman. So it's strange that out of the four, two of them were a Superman prone on the ground. Yeah, my favorite was the one with the plane. Yeah, I would love that one. Uh, with Lois, uh, I love that. And uh, I wish 
I wish I would have had that. Either one of those would have been great. Mm. But uh, yeah, this Fleischer one is is fantastic. Mm. Uh, much more simple, not as detailed because no. those were just simple cartoon drawings. But exactly. it it obviously harkens back to those cartoons, and those are really beloved and and uh, were really well done for the time, and and still kind of hold up in that simple way that that Superman just fights bad guys that we didn't like back then, and <laughs> they're very kind of racially portrayed but i love the statue and i love the artwork and i love the way these characters looked uh it was a time when characters didn't really get fleshed out superman was superman he was clark mainly just so he could say well this looks like a job for superman and go and change and lois was just lois there was a report there was no romance or development or real character work in in terms of that was an action series it was what were they four minutes what didn't dialogue either you know Right. But it was great to look at. And the statue is exactly what you want uh, yeah. as far as uh, being great to look at it. It definitely gives you the feel of that series. And um, I'm, I'm another one I'm going to look forward to pining after. <laughs> All right. Let's move into our big question segment of the show. Let's start with the big question. Last month's big question was, what did you think of the new Batman v Superman trailer? And at this point, there have been some other <laughs> things you might be confused by. But what we're talking about is the one that everyone is mostly complaining has given away the whole plot and showed that Doomsday was in the movie. Right. And, uh, had them coming together and Clark and Lex and, and Superman or Clark and Lex and Bruce that, and yeah, Bruce. Uh, that trailer the yep. the actual last final i guess full length trailer and guthrie mclean wrote initially i felt pretty happy about it despite jesse eisenberg but now i'm disappointed before because they revealed so much we know that batman and superman will team up by the end of the movie that was a big mistake even if some of us already anticipated that would happen it was still not a good idea to spoil it regardless i like the end scene i also like the line stay down if i wanted it you'd be dead already and the flashback in metropolis also superman Flying in IMAX 3D looked awesome. Cool. Obviously, Guthrie saw it in 3D IMAX, uh, this trailer. And exactly what I was talking about, people are very upset by the idea that they feel like too much was revealed. Mm. Uh, And I hear this argument with almost every big movie that comes out. And usually, with the exception of like Star Trek V, you do see a 5 to 10 to 12 minutes of a two and a half hour, three hour movie. So... Obviously, everything hasn't been revealed. And mm. as you say, Guthrie, we we pretty much knew it's the dawn of justice that they are going to come together. So it wasn't like they really gave anything away there. And we don't know what Doomsday's role is or who he really is or how Zod's involved. So there's just a lot we don't know. Yeah. We're seeing some action scenes that are really dramatic, uh, but I wouldn't be concerned uh, yet. No. Let's watch the movie. Exactly. Hector writes in, he says, It is great. We get to see more of the fight between Superman and Batman, Wonder Woman saving them both from Doomsday's heat vision. I can't wait for the movie. Nice. Thanks, Hector. That's a positive outlook. John mm-hmm. Jr. wrote, Like this trailer the best so far, but with a big budget movie like this, you think if they're going to use Doomsday to make him more like the Doomsday from the comics. Smallville, for all its flaws, at least got Doomsday 99.9% correct looking if not 100 percent, and had half the budget of a big blockbuster i think it had a lot less than half (laughs) yet he's not as good looking with twice or three times the amount of money of the tv show most likely had but some they got it right on the spot with how he should look yeah Um, 
I think that's a bit of... Uh, well, we don't know what Doomsday might eventually look like in the movie. He may, you know, evolve. Um, so, you know, and what you think is right from the comic books is not necessarily what they might be going for in the movie. They don't have to copy the comic books and say that they got it wrong because it doesn't look like the comic books. Uh, I think that's, you know, a bit harsh. And in terms of look, okay, um, the little glimpses we saw of Doomsday from what I remember in Smallville were like a rubbery looking suit mm. from from one angle or another kind of in the dark you never really saw him full on and the whole story was way off Davis Bloom a guy yeah. like Paramedic. like Bruce Banner who turned into the Hulk I mean Doomsday and then you know became this character very very outside of what it was that being said Lex Luthor using Zod to create a version of Doomsday is also very outside, but we don't really know that that's what's happening, and we don't know how that's going to really connect with what Doomsday really is. I'm not even 100% convinced that this isn't a mislead, and it's not Doomsday. I know they're saying it is, and that's the way it's being talked about, uh, but Zod isn't Doomsday, and if 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 that is the way uh, Lex creates this creature, who knows where they're going to go with it. So, mm. uh, Yes, he looks different than what we know Doomsday normally is shown to be appearing as. But uh, we really don't know what this quote-unquote Doomsday is or what he's going to end up being or looking like, as Mm. you said. Exactly. So uh, next up we have uh, Donovan Donovan Hunter. Donovan Hunter. He writes, you know, I thought it was really cool. I actually stayed up to watch it live on Jimmy Kimmel. Then I started watching reaction videos, a lot of mixed reactions. I've been looking forward to this film for a very long time. Even though we're less than three months away, I believe we'll see another trailer. Thanks, Stephen Scotty, for a good 2015. Looking forward to 2016. The Dawn of Justice is upon us. P.S. My highlight of 2015 is the Supergirl TV show. Well, thanks, Donovan. Beautiful. And now we're less than two months yes. away. So he must have wrote that very early in the uh, in the process here. But get excited. Stay excited. Two months away. Patrick O'Neill wrote, I really enjoyed the new trailer. The Doomsday reveal caught me by surprise, but I'm excited he's in the film. My favorite part of the trailer was when Superman tells Batman to stay down because if I wanted it, you'd be dead already. I took that as Zack Snyder's nod to Superman fans that he realizes there's no way Batman could actually beat Superman in a fight unless Superman let it happen. I can't wait for the movie to come out. Keep up the great work, guys. Thank you, Patrick, and thanks again for your continued support. And I agree. That line is fantastic. My brother came to me after seeing the trailer and said, oh, I love that line that the Superman says. You know, it's, it's so awesome because it is, I mean, we're, we all know Superman could beat Batman easily if he wasn't decided to be, you know, to pull his punches. You know, he said this is mercy in the other TV spot. So he's allowing Batman to continue on because he could, if he wanted to, put him down like that. And maybe that's, going back to what I said earlier, maybe that's the way Superman doesn't look like a loser no matter what happens. Mm. Because in the end, we can say, yes, but if if he didn't allow it to be a draw, it wouldn't have been a draw. Superman exactly. was being merciful, not in such that he didn't murder him. But in allowing him to, it reminds me of the of uh, of like a princess bride, you know. Uh, I, I want you to feel like you're doing well, you know. When he fights the giant, <laughs> and, uh, he gives him time because the giant could have crushed him immediately. But instead, because he wants him to feel like he's doing well, the man in black ends up besting him. Right. Um, but and that's almost. I don't think. 
I really don't think either is going to win outright. I think it might go back and forth. Yeah. One might win slightly here, slightly there, and then in the end it's going to come to a draw. But again, we know that that's because Superman allows it to be that way. Mm-hmm. All right. What's our new big question for our upcoming month? The new big question is what has been, who has been your favorite villain on the Supergirl TV series and why? Yeah, a lot to pick through. Uh, you've got, uh, by the time you hear uh, this episode, you'll have Bizarro, there's Toy Man, there's uh, Maxwell Lord himself, there's Aunt Astra, there's um, Silver Banshee uh, coming up. Uh, we've uh, had, uh, who else? Um, Livewire. There's been plenty of villains, uh, even going back to Vartok. So all those Reactron. Villains, Reactron, yes, heaps to pick from. Uh, let us know who's been your Supergirl... Red your... Tornado. Right. Well, yeah, you consider him a villain as well. Who's been your favorite villain on Supergirl TV series today and why? Let us know in this big question segment of the show. Use the big question uh, feedback form found at the, at the Superman homepage and we will read out your answers in our upcoming podcast. Don't forget, you can also send in an audio response. Uh, you can send and record an MP3 file, send that in to us, and we'll be only too happy to play that here on Radio KAL. I'm not going to say that he was my favorite villain, but I did love all the comic book nods in the episode with the Toy Man. Uh, I love that they uh, used the doll of his original costume. I love that, uh, you know, people were complaining when he was cast that Toy Man is a big fat guy uh, who wears circle glasses and uh, but that's not entirely true. When he was introduced in whatever the seventies, he looked like that doll, which is very skinny. And he had, he did have the glasses even in this, in the one scene, he mm. put on those circular in the jail, he put on those circular sunglasses when he walked out of there. So there were a lot of neat little nods. The doll really reminded the talking doll reminded me of the animated series, yeah, the super friends, which was great. So, uh, I, I love that. I, I don't, again, I, I, Toy Man's never been my favorite villain, so I'm not going to say he was my favorite villain on the series, but I love the way it was handled, mm. uh, and I love all the nods. Uh, I thought it was good, really good. Cool. Let's move into the comedy sketch. I'm laughing at you, you hear? Laughing! Yeah, Superman Man of Feel by ADA Sport. Yeah, let's check this out. Uh, it was a video. But uh, it uh, kind of works as an audio file as well. But if you want to check out the video of it, go to YouTube. Check out Superman Man of Feel by ADA Sports. Superman, help! Hold it right there, Luther. Superman, I... Are you wearing hipster glasses? Don't be stupid. I just, uh... <laughs> wow, man! Aren't you just so cool? No, that's that's not what I... Uh. Ooh, don't hurt me, hipster man, with your super scoffs and x-ray eye rolls. <laughs> Lois! I'm sorry. How ironic is it that you wear your underwear on the outside? <laughs> hey! Stop it! I fly everywhere I go because walking is just too mainstream. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's crying. Does that S on your chest stand for sensitive? (laughs) I hate you guys! (laughs) Hey, subscribers. Vlogging at you from my new fortress of solitude. I don't know. Maybe I am a hipster. I wrote a poem about it. Super, maybe, man, right. Your mocks and stares are my real kryptonite. Give me your purse, lady. 
As Oscar Wilde once said, No crime is vulgar, but all vulgarity is crime. Superman? Please, don't hurt me! Not gonna hurt you, dude. My Yogi Swami Dalsam advocates non-violence. Here, I burned you a mixtape. It's mostly Kryptonian bands, so you've probably never heard of them. Careful, or you just may learn something. Now, do you excuse me? I'm totally off to teach organic farming techniques to inner-city children. Wow, what a smug asshole. Totally. Well, that was a comedy sketch. Uh, Superman getting all emo. Mm. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> emo Superman. I think Smallville did it best, but uh, it's time for the super secret soundbite, Steve. Only one thing alive with less than four legs can hear this frequency, Superman, and that's you. Last month, our sound came from the animated movie Lego DC Comics Superheroes Justice League vs. Bizarro League. Let's hear that sound once again. Great Scott, the LexCorp duplicator ray that created you. Well, there you have it. That was the sound. Uh, how many people got it right this month, Scotty? Six people, and they were David Huang, Fred Walsh, Sam Otten, John Junior, Donovan Hunter, and Patrick O'Neill. Congratulations to those six people for guessing where that sound came from. Let's you see. win a new imaginary car! <laughs> Good job, guys. Now, let's see if uh, more people can guess where in the world of Superman this new super secret soundbite comes from. Sorry, old fellow. Fine thing. Ace newspaper woman scares monkey. Well, that's the sound. If you think you know where in the world of Superman that sound came from, then use the super secret soundbite entry form found at the Superman homepage website. We'll read out the names of every person who got it right here in our next podcast. Where in the world does the Superman secret soundbite come from? Right. Yeah, and now it's time for the Superman song. Superman. I think we've had this title a lot of times. <laughs> uh, but this is by uh, Ryan Richardson, so it's entirely different from the other Superman-titled songs. And he says the inspiration behind this song is twofold. It's our favorite hero, and it's the work of Frederick Nietzsche, who spoke of the Superman which we should all aspire to. Yeah, uh, we've had one of Ryan's songs on here before, so thank you to him again for sharing another one of his Superman-related songs here on Radio KL. So here is Ryan's song, Superman. Yeah. 
That is the song, and that is our show. It's uh, been another blockbuster show. So much to get through. Uh, sorry if we sounded a little bit rushed in certain patches, but uh, we've, uh, we're pushing for time to get this one out on time. So uh, we appreciate uh, you listening. I appreciate Scotty in this busy, hectic time getting together with me to, to record this episode. Uh, sometimes it's not as easy uh, as, it's, uh, as it sounds. But um, we uh, we try to get it on. That's right. Time We're not professionals, month. folks. We don't have our own <laughs> little sound rooms that we could retreat to, and uh, lighting systems and units and awesome sound men that run around behind us. Steve puts this whole thing together pretty much on his own at his home computer. So uh, it's a lot of work and a lot of time that goes into it. But we love uh, talking about Superman, so we do it. <laughs> yeah, no, we love doing it, and we love the fact that uh, you guys out there, guys and girls, love to listen to it. So uh, thank you for your continued support of the podcast. Now into its, God, I can't even think about how many years. it's. It puts gray hairs on my gray hairs to think about how long <laughs> I've been doing this. So uh, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Scotty. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And remember, always look up in the sky. You've been listening to Radio KAL, brought to you by supermanhomepage.com and our proud sponsor, Patrick O'Neill.